Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If I'm being honest, I really do wish that the lectionary committee had chosen a different gospel text for Thanksgiving Day. Not that it's not a great text in its own right, of course it is, but it is not, uh, perhaps you would say, the best text for Thanksgiving. Yes, there is a man who gives thanks in it, and yes, it is right that the Samaritan leper gives thanks. However, the point of the gospel text is not the Samaritan's giving of thanks, but to whom he gives it. It is not so much a, uh, a story about gratitude, but the identity of the one to whom we owe our gratitude. It is about the identity of Jesus. There are ten lepers, all of whom call out to our Lord, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. To all of them, Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priests. That is, go to the temple where God graciously dwells with his people according to his promises. Go to the priests, the mediators between God and sinful man. And they went and they were cleansed. They were healed. Their leprosy was gone. Their rotten flesh became new. The numbness in their limbs became a tingle, and then it began to feel. Their death sentence under which they lived, because there was no cure for their disease, was commuted. And their separation from their community was restored. Would not all ten men be grateful would not all ten men give thanks to God for this miraculous healing? And this is not a parable, mind you, right? The parable, parables often have people acting in very strange and exaggerated ways to make a point, but this was a real event. Certainly the hearts of men are inclined towards ingratitude. We do not give thanks enough for the food we are given or the roof over our heads, all that uh, all that God gives to support us in this body and life, when we are fat and happy and don't actually feel need, it is easy to be thankless for all the blessings we have and focus only on the difficulties in life. For the covetous heart to desire only the things that it does not have instead of rejoicing in what we do. But it is rare that a man who is truly hungry is not thankful for a meal provided, or that a woman who is truly thirsty is not grateful for a glass of water, or that a person who is truly sick, who has a cancer diagnosis, right, is generally grateful for the days that they have. To a man, I imagine that these lepers felt great gratitude. And nine went to the temple and to the priests and returned to their families and communities with great joy. Whether that gratitude lasted, well, that is another question. I'm sure at least some of them quickly fell once everything was all right back into ingratitude for such is the human heart. But what separates the Samaritan from the, lep the other lepers, all those who were lepers no more, was not his gratitude, but his faith. For Jesus says, and the ESV, again, just like last week, doesn't render this quite right. It should read, rise and go your way. Your faith has saved you. Now it is true that the word sesokin in the Greek can mean has made you well, as the ESV puts it. But that is only as a secondary meaning. 
as in you have been saved from your illness, and therefore now you are well. But literally, it means has saved. But were not ten lepers made well? Yet it is only the Samaritan who had faith. And so Jesus is not speaking about his physical healing, but his salvation, not just about his uh, rescue from leprosy, but from his rescue from eternal death. That is what sets the Samaritan apart. And what was the Samaritan's faith? For faith is only as good as its object. Jesus told ten to go to the temple and go to the priests to be cleansed. But the Samaritan alone returned to Jesus to give him thanks. Why? Because he was disobedient to the Lord who had just healed him? No. Because in faith, the Samaritan realized what the others did not. With eyes of faith, he saw what the others could not. That Jesus was the temple. That in the flesh of Jesus, God has chosen to dwell graciously according to his promises. That Jesus was the true high priest who is the mediator between God and man. The only true mediator. That the temple and the priesthood and the whole sacrificial system were only types and shadows pointing to the fulfillment in Jesus' own body. That he was the thing itself of which all those things were merely symbols. And that Jesus alone is the one who has the power not only to deliver the leper from leprosy, but the sinner from sin and death. The point of this pericope is not gratitude per se, or thanksgiving per se, but rather, to whom should we give thanks? To the Lord Jesus Christ, whose atoning blood is spilt for us as the once and for all sacrifice for sin. But in this, we find our hook for a Thanksgiving sermon. Because gratitude is good. But most importantly, it is good when we are grateful to the one to whom we owe gratitude. When we give thanks to him who deserves our thanks. Namely, to the Lord God Almighty, who has shown us such great love through Jesus Christ. There is much in creation for us to be grateful for. There is much that is true and honorable and just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise. But we can only truly recognize these things and appreciate them when we see that they are given by the hand of God. When we recognize that there is great when we recognize this, there is great glory in these things, and they lead us even beyond themselves to the glory of the Creator and the Redeemer. It is one thing to enjoy watching the Thanksgiving game, to be impressed by the strength of the men on the field and the great skill with which they play, but absent of a recognition of God, it is really quite pointless, isn't it? So they're good at running a ball down the field, and pretty fast too. But does that really matter? No, it doesn't. It uh, really accomplishes nothing. But if we take it in view of God and give thanks to him who has given such great strength and talent and dedication to these players for the enjoyment of men, there is much to be praised 
and much to be enjoyed. Or the Thanksgiving meal, apart from God, it tastes good, makes you sleepy, and you have leftovers for maybe about a week. But it is over. Your life is sustained for another day. You got some pleasure out of it, but that is it. But when we, it is seen as a gift from the hand of God, who creates you to be his own, who gives you your body and life and even sustains it now, who loves and desires for you to enjoy his good gifts, who has redeemed you unto eternal life, it takes a new meaning. Truly, it is a feast to be thankful for. When we recognize the gifts as given by the giver, those simple earthly treasures become transcendent and lead us to the contemplation of him who is truly good. We can see the hand of God all around us. That which is true, honorable, and just in the bravery of the soldier or the judge seeking justice points us to God. That which is pure, lovely, and commendable, our son or granddaughter enjoying a second helping of stuffing while laughing with their cousins shows us the love of God. The excellency of the game leads us to exalt him who is truly excellent. But beyond that, we learn the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need with contentedness through him who strengthens us. To be thankful in all circumstances, knowing that we can come to God by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving in all things. That he is with us not only in the good things, but also in the bad. That his suffering and death gives us strength not for the good times, but for the dark times, the difficult times. That his love is light even in the darkness, the darkest darkness. That he gives all these good things, food and drink, games and family, but that he also gives us his own son. And if he did not even spare his own son for our sake, what will he not give to us? Life and light, immortality and victory. He gives us all things. And for all of this, it is our duty to thank and praise, serve and obey him. This is most certainly true. Amen. May rise for the offertory. <laughs> 